love joy actually. <laughs> so shall we um before we begin, shall we open some Prosecco? Some I think we should open our last prosecco of the series because we <laughs> we finally oh, got to immediately the... slapped my I know, I know. Oh. Let's start again. Emma's actually bruised herself with the uh just on one leg. You've got one leg covered in bruises from slapping your thigh. Oh, no. Em's constantly slapping her I can't, I can't stop. She loves a thigh slap. And then when I go to edit it, I'm like, oh, why? If I do that, I've got money in my pocket this week. So if I slap oh, wow. my thigh, it jingles. I take it out. No, that's, I quite like the jingling. It's festive. Festive. That, <laughs> October festivities. <laughs> how many, how many uh, days for Christmas? Oh, I don't. I can't believe you two just fell so quickly into understanding that this episode won't come out until yeah. like late September, and I'm like, Em's guys, it's August. In her, it's August. In her, in her I'm really hot. October. <laughs> it's going to probably come Although, out. It's going to come out. Is it October? Oh, no, it's going to come out late September. September. It's going to come out September. to coincide with Mr. McShane's birthday. Oh, oh. yes. So in celebration yes. of Mr. McShane's birthday, this is the final prosecco of the series. Hey. Happy birthday, Mr. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Mr. McShane. I feel like that's how Ian McShane yes. would uh, react Except that he's, to our he's birthday greetings. Teetotal, though, so. <laughs> no, we'd have. I meant something ruder. Oh, oh. <laughs> Doesn't oh. really work on that. We'd have some schlur for Ian McShane. Do, I just, I'm, I'm really proud of him. That's that's crazy. Isn't it? And it's, it, it was, I think, was it 1980? Yeah. We, like, we oh, do drink. I can't I be that cool? <laughs> One day, maybe at the end of uh, everything. Not everything in my life. I mean, the end of Love Joy, this podcast. <laughs> anyway, I will then be sober for like two years to recover. <laughs> so, well, welcome to our final episode, or epi well, episode, but discussing two episodes because we've got the first two-parter of several two-parters. Basically, we're doing like a season finale. And we're doing a seat. We're this is the season finale of the Love Joy actually oh, podcast. Oh, we, oh, we can't say season. We have to say series because we're not American. This is the series finale. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Oh, I've oh, got them cheap glasses again. Is they're not cheap? They're they are cheap. <laughs> Salute. 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 Uh, so we are Lovejoy. Actually, I'm M. I'm Paul, and I'm Helen. And you can find us on Twitter and on Insta. We're Lovejoy A Pod. That's yeah, right. At it? Lovejoy A Pod. I say it like that every time. And I say it, and then I go, "Is it that?" At Lovejoy A Pod. And loads of people already follow us on Twitter, so thank you once again. And Yay. I need to do the the weekly shout out to Kim. Hello, Kim. How are you doing? Hi, Kim. Yes. Kim, have you been to Venice? Kim. I hope you have. If you haven't, you're really going to want to go by the end. Of, well, is she? Is she probably, probably already wants to go. No, she probably already wants to. Go. I think it makes Venice look like a really romantic and mysterious place to visit, yeah. even though. Despite the well, there's a lot of peril, and, yeah, and there's a lot of peril. There's a lot of peril. The average visit to, to Venice wouldn't get involved in such in peril. peril. Mm. Flying, flying easy jet is the most peril you would Yeah, really I mean, the, the the flight will be more perilous. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> um, so this is our this is the final episode in this series of the podcast, and we're going to have a short hiatus after this, but not a five year hiatus. We're going to have about a, a month hiatus. Yeah, we're not going to completely replicate um, the love joy. Well, we yeah, we, we we're not going to we're not we're not that serious that we're going to have a five year hiatus before we get to series two. Um, but for now, this week we are discussing the final two episodes of series one, which is Death and Venice. Which is based on one of the Jonathan Gash books, or Jonathan Muff Pistols, we're now calling Jonathan, him. Get, books. I can't get the pronunciation. Jonathan Muff Pistol. 
Jonathan Muff Pistol. Jonathan Muff Pistol. If you've only just tuned in. Have you told Helen about what happened? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Okay, I just, I really would enjoy this being recorded for Sarah It's probably told me earlier when I was carrying the pizzas up the stairs. I nearly dropped them all on the floor. So so we were messaging each other when the the episode came out and we were messaging each other on, on, on WhatsApp. So I messaged, so I thought the two of you going, ha ha ha, Jonathan Muff Pistol, I'd forgotten about that, that's hilarious. <laughs> but what I accidentally did was text it to one of my staff. <laughs> so then I explained it to him and I said, oh, I'm really, really sorry, you know, and, oh, and he said, yeah, I wondered, what were you on about? And about five days later, I woke up in the middle of the night and thought to myself, shit, not only did I text it to someone, his name is Jonathan. <laughs> he doesn't believe me. That I've said to him, no, no, you see, it's this podcast. Every time, and I mentioned it again, I keep digging myself deeper because I keep going, oh, no, no, so that thing about the podcast, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've sent it to him, I said, please listen. I managed him, he got a text from his boss saying, ha, 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 your name, Jonathan Muff Pistol. So sorry, Jonathan. So, Jonathan, we're really sorry, and I hope you are now listening to the podcast. Anyway. And it makes you feel a bit better that you weren't being... You wouldn't know. It was not not deliberate. It was not deliberate at all. Anyway. That's brilliant. Anyway. I'm so sorry, Jonathan. Poor Jonathan. I know. Poor, poor Jonathan. Whoever he is. No, no, no. He's not on Muff Pistol. Anyway. He's not Muff Pistol. So, moving on. Moving on. So, this episode, or these two episodes, are Death and Venice Part 1, Death and Venice Part 2, which is based on another Jonathan Gash book called The Gondola Scam. And spoiler, they go to Venice. They go to Venice. There's a clue in there. BBC had a much bigger budget in 86 than... It's not just... Other spoiler, not very expensive to go to Venice. It probably wasn't 86. There wasn't EasyJet. EasyJet, Ryanair didn't exist in 86. You had to go Alitalia. They mm. get name dropped in uh, Lady Jane yeah. name drops Alitalia into the. Yeah, didn't think of that. Mm. But uh, we were quite excited about this episode because uh, me and Helen have been to Venice and. Um, <laughs> Em's been to Birmingham on a work trip. On a work trip, it was really similar. It was very similar because of the canals. Of the, the canals, more, the can, more canals, more canals and than the romance. Than, and than the, and, the, and, the, the romance. and the fact that it looked maybe a bit similar. And, and the big, the big tower that you went up <laughs> in Birmingham. In Birmingham, uh, largest erection in Birmingham. So, Venice. So Venice. 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 The Campanile. I always get the two places. <laughs> Campanile. Campanile. That's I what I'm going to refer to. Campanile is the... Oh, my God. Oh. And then you'll never guess what. <laughs> you say, anyway. Come round to mine, I'll show you me Campanile. Some of us have been to Venice. Some of us have been to ben- Venice. Some of us have been to Birmingham. Yeah. Helen's got a summary. Oh, yeah. And so we thought we'd try and summarise the plot. But before we do that, we thought we'd read you the official summary. And it's quite long because obviously it's for two episodes. So we're ready. So yeah, can you I'll, do it in a time? I'll do yeah. my best. I'll do my best. Um, Jack and Ori voice. When a dealer is murdered, <laughs> didn't know you really would for a Venetian painting that Lovejoy identified as a fake. The evidence leads to a wealthy American named Pinder and his beautiful daughter Katerina. They claim to belong to a syndicate that is preserving Venice's greatest treasures and want Lovejoy's assistance. Suspicious. Lovejoy travels to Venice to find out what is really going on. Do, do, do. Okay, that's episode one. Part two. Lovejoy establishes his bona fides to Pinter's <laughs> right. other daughter, Lavinia. 
not not a euphemism, by passing a drawing annotated by the reliable Venetian hand offers a forgery. He is put to work in the syndicate's secret workshop where he forms an alliance with the Scottish forger nicknamed Luciano. They try to figure out who is behind the disappearance of artworks and put a stop to it. I wish, listener, that you could have seen Helen's face as she read that. She looked like she was eating something really distasteful. The first kid just raising her eyebrows and wrinkling her nose like, that's not what... That's not it. The summary for the first episode was quite accurate. Yeah, and then yeah. it, it sort of went downhill after that, didn't it? Yeah, well, I think if I'd read the summary... Bearing in mind, I've read nearly all of the book. I think if I'd read that summary, it would have helped me a bit more while I was watching the episode because I was just so confused. I think it's fair to say at the outset that we didn't really have a clue what was going on. And considering that Paul has read the book, Emma's I've read, nearly read the most book. of the book... I haven't read the book, but still, none of us really had any idea what was what was actually happening, which was interesting. I think it's also difficult because I think if if you've read the book and this is slightly better, I think. Well, I like the adaptation of the Judas Pair, yeah, but they just completely did away with some of the plot. Yeah. This one, because it was over two episodes, they managed to get more in. Mm. Um, but then they still missed certain bits out. And again, I felt like there were bits that were unexplained that I can tell you what happened in the book yeah. that didn't then get transferred to the screen. Yeah, so yeah. I was left a little bit confused. And I couldn't say, oh, well, this is what's happening because it happened in the book because they were bits they'd left out altogether so they didn't tie in with the programme. So I was almost more confused possibly having read it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I easily confused. So Well, I was confused not having read it. So I think it was just confusing. But should we try and sort of talk about... We could about... through the... So the where it opens, happens. Uh, an antiques ring, is that what they uh, And illegal, they said that this very... Uh, uh, dubious so and basically thing. after an auction Lady a, Jane's an auction Lady Jane's very critical yeah all the auctioneers get together with the stuff that they've bought and then they do their own auction yeah so they basically send a group of dealers will get together and send one of their number to the auction to just bid on the stuff at a low price mm. in the, so, in so the, not giving away that it's wanted mm. by all the dealers and then after they bought the stuff all the, all the dealers get together and have their own private auction called a yeah. ring which, which is, is not illegal. allowed Lady where Jane they, was furious. Where they have booze. I wrote down private auction with booze. In, <laughs> I, in, I noticed there was a well-stocked drink. In the book, in the book, they I were think, above a pub, weren't they? Mm. In the book, I think Lovejoy says this is where all the real business happens because yeah. it, it opens. Actually, it opens identically in, in the yeah, book, yeah. which was which was quite promising. Um, but then they didn't. Uh, it didn't kind of continue that way, which we'll talk about in a minute. But Emma and I found slightly disappointing, didn't well, we? And also, I was—it's probably my own fault because I was expecting things to happen. I was like, "Where's the? Yeah, oh, where's this that's bit? Not exactly. One it did th- get perilous quite quickly. Mm, one thing that did come up as well right at the beginning, which we've talked about before, was the fact that for Lovejoy, antiques are the most important thing in the world. He actually says, you know, antiques come first, and he does his whole breaking the fourth wall thing, and he said he sort of says it as his future self so he's at the oh, ring yeah, yeah it's a bit he says oh it was it? he was like oh I, it was antiques that got me into that Venice caper um, so kind of yeah like talking you know, narrating but in the scene which is quite he does that a lot he's did that in he did that in the Judas pair actually didn't he at the beginning yeah. it had come full yes. circle and yes, he realised he that he'd, he'd survived actually so. was that directed by the same person yes Baz, all the adaptations uh, I think well no they were, all the adaptations were written by Ian Lafrenet weren't they yeah the, uh, the, the, as in they were all the adapted by, it's by Ian Lafrenet Baz Taylor a, wasn't it yeah I think it's an interesting directorial choice I agree but maybe it's not a directorial choice actually maybe it's the the way that the writer has approached it. I must like, say, how am I going to frame this to 
Maybe. Flash out to, yeah. yeah. There was the loveliest quote very, very early on, and it was Lady Jane saying to Eric about Lovejoy in seedy rooms doing seedy deals with seedy people. Why does he do it? And Eric says, because he's good at it. <laughs> I thought that was quite nice. Eric was a boon this episode. If it hadn't been for Eric, I wouldn't have had a bloody clue. And there wasn't enough of Eric, because he no. was doing his usual There's job. never enough of He Eric, was doing his job. <laughs> We'd like to have seen Eric in Venice. Yeah. Oh, oh nice. my heart just fell out of my chest. He I also get Eric to Venice. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, he was doing his usual job of the exposition, which we, we needed. And yeah. so we needed him to be in Venice to explain what was going on, but he wasn't there. No. Which is maybe why we didn't understand <laughs> what was happening. They tried, because Lovejoy wrote them some postcards. Yes, so in, in, in inexplicably tiny handwriting. Yeah, yeah, given how much he had to say. Maybe he just sent a lot of postcards with, but, like, part one, part two, part yeah, three. Maybe postcards were bigger in the well, they were bigger in the end. No, they were reading. They weren't that big. Like, phones were bigger, no? <laughs> Every, everything was bigger in the 80s. Even the Campanile. Campanile. Oh, but also, God. like... Also, at the beginning, because the reason Lovejoy is at this ring is not actually as a dealer, because he hasn't got the money. No. It's not funny, Campanile. He's there as, like, the... As the divvy of Mallison, who's this, who is this antiques collector? So, and that's, and it's also because we, although we've mentioned the, throughout that Lovejoy is a divvy and what what that means, this is the first time that he really talks about it. Yeah, and it, it really became, and it was a massive part of the plot as well, wasn't it? Yes. He, well, we'll talk about it later, but I, I was I quite enjoyed him getting like really high and dizzy and drunk on antiques. I yeah. thought I thought Ian McShane acquitted himself well. He did world. beautifully. He was very proud of himself being a divvy. And he was saying what gift it was. Mm. Yes. And he was very concerned about his reputation as well. Mm. Like, right from the start, he was like, well, I'm not going to be part of this because you're bidding on something that's fake and I'm meant to be your divvy, so people are going to think that I think it's real. It's not. And he said something like, I can see he's got, Mm. like, bid... What did he... I can't remember what he called it, like bidding drunk he just decided Madison had decided yeah. he really wanted this painting he didn't care if it was fake or not he just really really wanted it and Lovejoy was like get me out of yeah. here yeah mm. there's a lovely quote actually where Lovejoy I think sums it up really well and he says antiques are my drug and I just OD'd yeah and I wrote that down because that's a really lovely quote and it, and it is a really good quote about something you love yeah yeah and he after he was sort of reeling around yeah. like I feel like I feel a little bit like that about because I do stand up comedy as a hobby, and I feel like that after. I feel a little bit like that about Ian McShane and about Ian McShane, obviously. (laughs) Ian McShane is my drug, and I just OD. Wow, I can't believe we just went. Oh, that was gross. (laughs) And we haven't quite OD'd yet. We've got like yeah, yeah. And I feel I feel a bit bad saying that as well because um, the other sort of star or sort of uh, Mm. sidekick of this show was uh, his wife. Gwen yes, Humble Gwen played Humble. not one but two characters because she played the twins. And Katerina and Lavinia. She had a different voice for each. She which did. Katerina and Lavinia were both played by Gwen Humble. Do you want, do you want some, some pointless trivia? Yes. She appears again in series six, which I always think is beautiful. She's in the first and the last series. Oh, I think um, Yeah, she appears in uh, series six, the episode called The Last of the Uzcocks. Oh, so she might be reprising her role. But she's not the same character. No, completely different character. In The Last of the Uzcocks, she plays Lady Dunwich. (laughs) She looks at me then like, uh, Lady Dunwich? Is is that right, Em? (laughs) (laughs) No. Is she English? No, she's American. 
in, 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 in all of in yeah. both episodes and in real life she's yeah. American they uh, met on the Queen Mary by the way when they were they were filming something around. which is a boat which is a boat the woman from My So Called Life the cool <clears> one I've forgotten her name not Claire Danes the other one with the hair what's it can't remember her name the only name I, I never, Claire Danes. I never like, watched My So Called at, Life look both of you look at me do you, have you not watched My So Called Life no I have but I don't remember I remember Claire Danes I it's remember. driving me mad that I can't remember her name anyway she moved to England and became a lady there you go oh oh I tell oh, you who I else did I tell you who else did um, Jamie Lee Curtis oh did she's she? married to Lord Hayden Guest oh I do know that I can't believe no. I just oh. yeah she's Lady Hayden Guest she's there leading in nicely to the fact that the other co-star in this was Hayden Gwynn Yes. Hayden Gwynn from Drop the Dead Donkey was Cosima in this episode. And all of us went, oh, it's her! And then, yeah, like, yeah. spent ten minutes going good. And she's off that. There are a lot. Of, this had this was really... Lo- what is so lovely is this series, presumably, was obviously all made before it was then shown, but it attracted some actually quite famous faces at the time because mm. this was, I think, Drop the Dead Donkey... Was it on at the time or did it start no, a bit later? I, I, I think it started about 89, didn't yeah, it? Drop the Dead Donkey. But it did have... It was the last... Role ever played by Gordon uh, If it wasn't Is Gordon, it Gordon? Mc... no, it wasn't Gordon. Let me Gordon up. Hang on, Fulton. 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 That was it. The last role played by Fulton Mackay, who was the guy who played Mackay in Porridge, because mm. he died the following year. I know, and he looked so fit and well. I thought that was really sad. So he, so he died a year later. So we had having having kind of dined out on various famous faces or go oh they were in this thing oh, around the same time we, we got several I mean, all at once nothing last... is as good as Forbes Collins I mean, that's no serious. no no Forbes no, Collins I'm still excited about Forbes Collins anyway sorry so where were we so, so they leave the antiques ring Lady Jane's hacks off Loved your drive so he sees I was going to say Krampus same as not Krampus Old Campy Old Campy on the side of the road pulling a scam and Lovejoy's like, oh, listen, I'm not picking that guy up. He's pulling a scam. He pretends that he needs to go and see, like, a sick relative and he's got an antique with his son. He's like, and it was it was a bit of a... Well, it wasn't a callback, it, call, it was just another grifting thing. Yeah, recognised. A bit of so, a theme, another th- a bit of a theme. Yeah, so he doesn't pick him up, but Malison, who Lovejoy was acting as Divi for, does pick him up, and then Malison and Old Campy get run off the road, and Malison actually dies. Yeah. So um, we find out by whose hand later. Mm, and mm. Uh, Eric and Tinker. Well, Tinker rings loved. I thought it was quite touching actually. Tinker sort of rings and says, "Oh, I think you really ought to know that this has happened." And, and he's a friend, and he's died. Yeah. There was, a, there was a kind of pause for thought, tender moment there. Yeah, it was really, a, quite sad. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't kind of like, "Oh, you might be in trouble," because actually. If you think it it's through, yes, it actually, you might be in trouble. Tinker wasn't saying that. No, he was, he was saying, saying we've lost a friend. Oh, yeah, this person who's part of our circle is now yeah. not here anymore. And it was because of the painting that he bought, which was a fake, which Lovejoy told him was a fake, mm-hmm. but he still got him bought. Which was a, I didn't get the name of the painter, Savoldo? Something like Savoldo. Once again, we're looking blank. Yeah. <laughs> what? We're, I... not art we're not art experts at all. Um, but yeah, so basically he was nobbled for the painting, so they, went, they took the painting. And the police turn up at the hospital when Lovejoy's visiting Old Campy. That sounds wrong. Old, Old Campy. Campy. Yeah. Um, that policeman... The policeman who has nothing else to do but sort of trail Lovejoy I mean, around he, Suffolk. He wasn't in any more of any of the episodes. Isn't it the same policeman? It's not yeah. the same. I think it's the same guy. Yeah. He's got this yeah, like, yeah. inexplicable accent that I feel this may be another VL moment where I'm like, he definitely is definitely not at all slightly northern and then it turns out that he's like... 
What was it? Ian Lafrenet's brother-in-law, who's definitely from Guysborough. Oh. Frank Frank thought that um, Gwen Humble wasn't American. She is actually American, so I wasn't. So I didn't know no, it was Gwen Humble, American. and I think we both said kind of like that accent's a bit off. But then we realised we went through, yeah, and it's because she's, she's doing two different, different accents for two it's different like, people. She's a very good actor. She's a good actress. I was yeah. impressed. Yeah, very good. Oh, and also, if he's doing an inexplicable northern accent, which is fine, they don't live in the north. Yeah, but I don't live in the north. People can move to other parts of England. It's not on the telly. On the telly, everyone should have the same voice. On EastEnders, everyone's got a bloody Cockney accent. Hayden Gwynn is definitely not Italian. But she could speak Italian. She was very convinced. She she could speak Italian really convincingly when she was in the... Um, travel agents. God, we are leaping ahead, aren't we? So do we want to explain how he ends up in Venice? Do yeah. we know how he ends up in bloody Venice? Well, we, yeah. he gets on a plane. No, hang on. He meet, well, we've missed Pinder. We've yeah. missed going no, to the well, big house. I think that's what Polly was alluding that was what to. I, said, should we explain to what, what I was alluding <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so basically, yeah, so the painting gets stolen. And I'm not quite sure how he gets the connection to Pinder and... Well, she'd been at the auction, hadn't she? Oh no, she calls him. That's she calls him, isn't it? Yeah. So he the paintings are stolen. His friend dies. It's it's very sad. Then and then he's kind of talking about who was at the auction. He keeps getting this vision of one this beautiful blonde lady that was there smoking. Yeah. So she calls. So the lovely lady at the auction, blonde lady, phones up Lovejoy, and says, "Oh, I've got a proposition for you. Come and see me." And, and of course, and, Lovejoy can't resist no. that because she's blonde and he's she's beautiful such a, uh, he's so predictable yeah predictable. so predictable yeah in fact we one thing we did all comment on was that she calls him mr lovejoy and he doesn't even flinch and in the first episode yeah, it he was, was all this about just lovejoy just lovejoy no mr just lovejoy oh mr lovejoy and he that was it fine he, he was like, yeah totally i love that yeah so yeah so he goes to can't remember the name of the but of course it's another stately home where another aristocrat lives. Oh, it was so of course Lady Jane, Lady Jane knows, knows because all posh people know each they other. They all know each other. And Ladies of an aristocratic, <laughs> aristocratic persuasion. Yeah. Oh, I always say bent and you always say persuasion. persuasion. I, I I think both of I like bent. <laughs> I use the word bent in an article at work. Um something like, oh, courses with the vocational bent. <laughs> and one of my colleagues like proved it for me and just like highlights it going, bent? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think it's a perfectly normal it word to use. It is. It anyway, is maybe yeah. that's why we're all friends because <laughs> we think that's a completely normal really turn of phrase. Totally normal. Um, so he goes. So and he finds out a lovely blonde lady is called Katerina Norman, and she's there with her grandfather, who apparently, according to that synopsis I read, is also American. But he did but not does sound not American. Sound or I thought American he might be way. Irish. She had a really cool electric wheelchair. He an electric wheelchair. And so he tells Lovejoy all about his cunning plan to save Venice and I think Venice is sinking. And I yes. think, and also, it's 2018, it hasn't sunk yet. I've, I haven't seen it. I've seen Birmingham. Um, the point is, Venice is still there. And also, it is I think sinking, this is why it became so confusing. Because the very basis of what's happening is incomprehensible like this that this man is like i'm basically gonna nick venice yeah yeah like, full, venice. full stop i'm nicking all I'm of the antiques venice are in venice I, I and venice is freaking ancient so that's all of it but it is but it is um it is sinking just really slowly 
Yeah, but, but it is. We all got a bit panicked inches. about. Oh, we'll talk about it later on. We got a bit panicked about Smart Square being Smart in water. Square, Smart Square Square does flood though. It does flood. It wasn't flooded when I was there, but I was there in January. I was there in November. It wasn't flooded. Both times I've been in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't flooded then either. When were you there? <laughs> Both times I was there. She's been twice. I've been twice. Was in the, oh, fine. Was in the spring. And I've been to Birmingham. Was in the spring. And, I have and been to Birmingham. T- yeah. I've also been to Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> Just for full disclosure. Um, yeah, no, both times I was in Venice was in the spring and neither time was St Mark's Square flooded. So I didn't know that could happen. So it was a bit alarming. Do you think it happened more in the... No, I'm no, such a knobhead. I, I, I was going to say, do you think they've somehow like, yonked you up? Yonked you up, no. <laughs> I was about to ask a really stupid question, which was, do you think they flooded it for the filming? No. Oh, I think, like, imagine getting I permission. Think, I know the BBC are powerful, but not that I powerful. I think they turned... And I realised, oh, yeah, no, hang on, they just went there when, when it was, it was I think they turned up for the filming and were like, oh, oh shit. bollocks. Because, and the reason I think that, is because when they'd had the tour guide group going round and they got to that bit... The person right at the back had wellies on, and I remember thinking, "Who takes wellies to Venice?" But maybe they'd been—they'd read the guidebook. They knew that they at times it could be flooded. Yeah, galoshes. Galoshes, indeed. I mean, it wasn't massively flooded. You could be fine if you had a pair of docks on. Loved his Converse on, he'd be fine. He was—he was always cool. So yeah, so he hears about this plan, which is a crazy plan to steal Venice, so to save all the artworks, antiques, and Venice from being flooded. But then also... He invites Lovejoy to take part because it basically involves very, very accurately forging everything. You're going to nick the things but replace the things with perfect Perfect. reproductions. So no one will know that you're stealing Venice. I mean, this is why I mean, it's a plan with no drawbacks. No, well, I mean, well, it's perfectly reasonable. Well, how are you going to put Venice in your house? Well, I mean... It's not that small. It's quite big. Exactly. I mean, It's got sculptures in it. It basically was a bit... It made no sense from the outset. But anyway, he wants Lovejoy to take part in his plan. Lovejoy says no. And then they kind of get a bit threatening with him because they realise, a bit belatedly in my opinion, that they've just told him what their yeah. scam is. They're not brilliant master criminals. No, no, they, they've really. told him what their scam is and now and he obviously could he goes and say no. off, yeah. So they're like, oh no, what do we do now? Well, I think probably that just goes to show their um, ar- arrogance that they... Couldn't believe that he would say well, no. Well, Katarina, he yeah. would want to be part of this scheme because they didn't have a backup plan. They just assumed that he was greedy enough. And again, it's that sort of uh, you know, un- yes, un- it undermines him yeah. really. It, they think, oh, he's just in it for greed. No one understands this idea of antiques and my drug, and mm. I've just OD'd. Even though he's wandering around their stately home, like almost retching and sort of <laughs> like having a bit of a whitey and like going around like I can't you can't see it on the podcast I'm, <laughs> I'm being dizzy and wandering up and down but he he and he did that so well like the little noises he, he made when he looked at things and the little kind of like he's a good actor <gasps> is McShane I have to say he is Aww. a good actor as Aww. the series has sort of barreled along I have found myself a little bit like oh. he is fab he is fab um mm. so so he goes off and actually actually the um Katerina does openly threaten him, doesn't she? Katerina says, um, you know, you, you, you're in, what's it? She says you're in a very vulnerable position because you... Because he then, because basically Lovejoy then also, so he has this conversation with them and then he sort of has this flashback where he realises that a painting that he's seen in their house has the same frame as the fake that was 
sold at the ring and then that Madison was killed for. Yes. And so he thinks, oh, that's the same, that's the exact same frame. So they they have, they were the ones that nicked the painting back and they put the, put this Dutch seascape back in its frame. So they're the ones what done it. And so he actually goes, he actually goes to Katerina. <laughs> great in Helen's voice. He they goes, are the ones what, what done, done it. it. So he goes to Katerina and says, look, I think I know that you did this. And she's like, well, well, that's absurd, isn't it? He's like, well, is it? And she's like, well, if it's not absurd and you don't work for us, then you're yeah. in trouble. Mm. So basically, she, yeah. She's well, quite dark. And he goes, he goes and tells Lady Jane this and she says, what we've all been shouting since episode one, go, go to the police! police. <laughs> yeah. So what does he do? He goes to Venice. <laughs> <laughs> As we all would do. As we all would obviously. do. Obviously. Except yeah. him, she'd go to Birmingham. But then... Cause, cause, <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah, because AJ's like, go to Lovejoy. You're so convinced that this is all the case. Just tell the police. He's like, oh, but our local cops are crap. It's like, well, well, yes, but, I mean, they're not the only police. Like, that yeah, you can get to, like, the Met. With the dubious northern accent isn't the only policeman in England. Like, I think, you know... Oh, he's the only policeman think, in Suffolk. Yeah, but apparently. do you think that is something that we take for granted, being living in the times that we do? I think maybe in the 80s you didn't think of everything as being so connected i'm not sure that different police forces did share information and i'm not sure that well, I don't if know you if were you... in suffolk that you would think oh well it's okay because i could talk to what's the... if you wind to the, the end English... somebody some mi5 that's what i'm thinking of uh, i was trying to think of what the english well, mfi as i always think it's called <laughs> yeah well the english version of the fbi are mi5 is it mi5 it's mi5 it's not mfi who are mi6 they're the like foreign the, the, the MI five that don't don't really exist. Okay. And they're like foreign intelligence. Yeah. And the, oh, fraud squad. He could go to the fraud squad, couldn't he? Yeah. But I'm not sure that. Well, it would at be the, end, the first thing that we're skipping to the end would... here. Think of oh, I forgot about them. Yeah. yeah. So the next the next thing you see there there he is. McShane appears in Venice. I don't know what time of year they filmed oh, this, by the way. But, Venice was really disappointing. But also it, probably November. Probably November. Yeah. But also before that. <laughs> Because when he, I suppose, I, I wonder if this is what makes him think, right, sod it, I'm going to Venice, is that there's a an attempt on his life. So, oh, gosh, Because his car is broken down. Oh, I forgot all about that. Oh, and hell. basically he, you know, his trusty mechanic who we've seen before, you know, is, he is offers to fix it, but obviously Lovejoy has no money. So the the mechanic uh, is like, right, okay, fine, I'll take it back to the garage. He gets in the car to drive it off and... The brake cable's been cut or whatever. Yeah. I don't know how cars work, um, and the brake doesn't. The brake doesn't. <laughs> this doesn't work. bode well because aren't can't aren't you the only person? You're the only on this one of the three of us that can drive. drive. Yeah, it's not very well. I've got my first test booked in October. Ooh. Emphasis on first test. Um, <laughs> so I'm not expecting to so, pass. So yeah, and then so the the mechanic like crashes the car. Luckily, he's not going very fast. So it kind of he's a white. and he's an Volvo, which apparently are indestructible. Yeah, but basically, I think that love drives like them like. Oh, you know, <laughs> random. Like they've got it in for me, and he knows that the brake is well. Share that well-known Volvo. No, no, share is indestructible. <laughs> <laughs> so the mechanic, yeah, he's driving. The brakes cut out. I mean, he could have died. It was horrible. Yeah, There's yeah. There's not peril in this episode. Yeah, and also, obviously, they knew the brakes were fine before because the whole point is his car's been broken down, so the mechanic had only recently examined it. Mm. I'm not sure that's quite the right word for a car. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, he checked it. He d- checked it over, you know, giving it the one saver. Um, and so, yeah, so that I, th- I wonder if that's what love- made Lovejoy think, right, they're definitely after me. This is not a game. 
I need to get my ass over to Venice and find out what the hell's going on. Oh, talking of ass, we have some lovely misogyny of the week. Oh, we there was so we much misogyny. Of the there week. was a I lot of misogyny. I, I did. He said to Jane, "You have a remarkable ass." I did write it down, but oh, because there was all the flirtation. I mean, the, there was the point near the beginning where um, Love Joyce said something about, "Oh, uh, you know, saying, oh, do you want?" Oh, to sorry, marry it, was, me? it was the third thing I'd written down. You have a remarkable. Yeah. yeah, and he said ass again, which really yeah. bothers me. It's ass. an ass. It's an ass. Sorry, I keep leaning on the thing. Yeah, because he says something like, "So, yeah, something like, um, oh, I'd want to if you did X, Y, Z, I'd I'd want to marry you." And she's like, "Oh no, I wouldn't want it." And he was like, "Oh, is that because you don't like me, or because you're married already?" Ooh, that was hot. It mm. was. It was. There was a lot of like. Didn't stop effect. him nipping off with. Literally Nancy, everyone else said Nancy and yeah. because and Cosima. He properly things. fell for Cosima. He did fall for Cosima. Uh, yeah. We need to get to her. So we need to get to so Cosima. So he arrives in Venice, so, and that is where he meets Cosima. Is that how you say it? That's Cosima. Cosima. I really, I have to say, this was Cosima. where I was disappointed at how the book and the film moved away from each other because, having said how dark all of the Jonathan Gash books are, mm. and I've read quite a few of them and some some of them are really dark this is probably the, one of a couple that i've read that's actually really funny in yeah, places like, i really there's, enjoyed it there's a, about there's a good sort of 50 pages or so early on in the book that are really really funny and the bit they missed out here that ian mcshane could have pulled off so well yeah he basically is, t- he turns up and he's like well I don't, I don't have a job i need to blend in and so he just he pretends he, to be a tour guide and he just he pretends, his accents. he pretends to be a tour guide. He gives the name of a company in London with a, a very reliable sounding address, knowing that it sounds plausible enough that they won't check. Mm. And he gives a number and says, you know, I've got this registered tour guide number. And it sees him giving tours, doing all these different accents and posing as for different and tour it, groups, sucking up to these American so tourists. And, and it would have been would lovely. It, have been, it like, would have been lovely. Montage. It would have been lovely to see him doing that because actually Ian McShane could have pulled that off beautifully. Yeah. And I was sad about that because I actually you found myself sniggering on the tube reading that yeah and also it meant that his relationship with Cosima it, it, it just it sort of didn't make any sense like everything just happened really quickly it didn't really and um what's his name hang on I had to write this down because I've been reading this book and a bit like the time that I thought nonchalant was pronounced nonchalant I thought well, ep- epitome that, uh, epitome that's the one most people get yeah. Cesaro Cesare. 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 I've read the book. I've not quite finished. The entire way through, I've been reading it as Cesaro. No, Cesare. 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 Anyway, so, but I don't think it was very clear that him and Cosimo were, like... At it. Well, I'm not sure they are at it, but he really, really likes her, and she's a bit like... Mm, it isn't sure. really clear until he goes to see her in hospital later yeah. on, but we'll get to that. So she, it things things happen very quickly, possibly Is because it? Ian Lafrenet spent quite a lot of time already setting up the scene. Yeah. And suddenly goes, yeah. shit, I've got ten like, minutes of the episode left before <laughs> yeah. I get to where part I mean, two. he could have got to Venice a bit quicker. He could have got to Venice because he could have just been like, right. There's this guy, this weird scam, he wants to buy Venice. Let's go to Venice. So yeah. he's looking around, he's looking around in Venice. What he's trying to do is, he's he's trying to basically get to the bottom of this scam and find, I guess, where it is. He manages, and I'm not quite sure how, to find where he 
thinks he thinks he 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 thinks um Katerina is he thinks he sees Katerina through mm. a window how does he figure out that's because yeah, it's the palazzo malcontento oh and in the book this is great as well but in the episode and i think that's why all three of us are looking at each other like hang on how did that happen in the book and in the TV series, he also did this, but in the book it's just a much longer kind of stretch. He steals a gondola, and it wasn't oh, yeah. even a gondola that he stole in the TV, actually, was no. it? It was just like a little boat. And then he sort of clambers up outside of this um, palazzo. and um, But it is her house. She is in there. Because so yeah, he, he, he owns a palazzo, because we yes. learned that like the family, they own a palazzo. I know how. A thing in Oyster Bay. Because... And- that's exactly why, because Lady Jane found out all that information that that while Eric was trying to find out information, but was just looking at a barmaid. So, looking at a barmaid's knockers. This, that was more. As he described them, knockers. All of I haven't heard the word knockers for years. All of us were so surprised as well because we thought that Eric. That, so this was whoop, wind all the way back. Lovejoy's still in England. While he's in the big house talking to Pinder, Eric's trying to find out some information about Pinder and Katerina and yada yada. Yeah, Goes to the local, the local pub, uh, immediately sees a lovely barmaid. She is lovely. They have a little chat. And then when he's trying to tell Lovejoy the information, he just talks he's to just her like, she had great knockers. And all of us were so surprised. But, but, but the yeah, we were expecting the... like a, a sort of he... a, a euphemism or something that was funny or something that was like... And nods to that, and it was just no. The way he acted, it was he did just sit and talk at her breasts, mm. which was, was which was quite. We've all been there. Anyway, I'm sorry you were saying. We're talking about how he knew they were in the Palazzo di Malcontente, and I think it was because what he was recalling when he was talking to Pinder, and Pinder something. Oh, I thought it's next to the. Mm. Well, he'd stayed for dinner, hadn't he, with Pinder, and Pinder had told him quite a lot. He wasn't particularly subtle, given that he hadn't agreed yet to become part of this master Mm. plan. Pinder apparently sort of spilled the beans on all sorts of things for about an hour over a lot of brandy and and whatever. Um, So, but then there is actually some comedy because he has to stand on the head of a statue, which immediately kind of falls into the blue canal. He does a lot of falling into the canal in this episode. (sighs) There is a beautiful callback. This is going to be a little bit niche, and I apologise. Maybe it's not callback in my head it is um later on in the episode he has to jump into the canal to escape when his mm. life is in danger because as we said there's a lot of peril in oh, this and he episode. Has the glass is that what you're gonna say when he has the glass but um he ends up pulling himself out presumably on the sort of other side of the lagoon um looking a bit bedraggled and there's a lovely film in 1969 oh uh, wow this is not what i thought you were gonna say no, 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 no it's not at all in 1969 ian mcshane was in battle of britain and his plane gets shot down and the character turns up squelching along soaking wet looking very miffed and one of his mates says where have you been he says learning to swim and oh. it felt like a really lovely callback to that i'm sure it isn't in my head it's a callback. Sorry, I just had to well, go as an act, full Ian McShane geek as an out on, actor, on that. I'm sure McShane drew on his Battle of experience Britain 1969 experience. Pulling himself out of a squelchy area. That's that sorry, out. I'm going full Lovejoy Rain Man <laughs> in this episode. There's a, there's a funny bit in this where they say something about how they, in Venice... Oh, that's seen, in the book. It's in this Venice, bad luck. You shouldn't learn to swim. You shouldn't learn how to swim because it says that you don't trust the lagoon. Yeah, yeah. That's, that is in the book. It's I, one of the bits in the book. I wonder if it's I true. Little... I think that's quite. 
sort of charming but also a bit weird. So he's in Venice and he's moseying around and he ends up going on a tour. So Hagen Gwynn's character, uh, Cosima, is sort of rather attached to him, tries to persuade him, talks him into coming in on a tour, which he wasn't going to go on. Because she is a tour guide. Because she's a a tour guide. But then doesn't he realise that... He realises that one of the women that he saw through the window at the Malaglandente... With Caterina Norman. With Caterina. And I went for Diverse Lovejoy. Immediately, there's a woman of colour in Lovejoy in 1986. Do you remember how much shit Midsummer Murders got into, like, in... God, what was it? 20... Probably 13 for going. Literally, your cast has been white since the start, and you and you have never employed somebody who's not white, and uh, and it was a really like massive thing. And we're looking at something that's from 1986. It's got a diverse cast. It's got gay characters. It's got implausible gay characters. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, but were, sure they, I had gay were they pretending to be gay? Yes. Well, this yes. will bring us on to something later on. But regardless <laughs> of them, Dandy Jack just wanders around, and that's cool and nobody make it's not part Mine of his dandy. it's not part of his story or his reason for being there it just is him and helen is not our helen but yeah helen the antiques dealer mm. who's a woman in what is presumably quite a man's work and are, that is never a thing there are a lot and of lady jane there's a lot of very strong women in this yeah. i have to say and um uh, certainly women who know their own mind a lot of and a lot of baddies a lot of female baddies yeah. but good female baddies yeah, not, yeah. you know, as in effective, plausible female baddies, not good female baddies. <laughs> Bad female baddies. Yeah. So, it bring, um, so it brings us all the way back around to Nancy. So he sees Nancy join the tour. So he and he's her. already seen her having cocktails and what have you with, with who he thinks is Katerina. Mm. So he goes off on this tour. He inevitably befriends the beautiful woman, um, which I think is partly because he wants to get some answers out of her, and he's and partly, he's, because, and partly he's because, because she's a beautiful woman yeah. and yeah. he's love joy. Um, because she does she does end up in a negligee in front of him, she which does. let's face it is not necessary for and him also, getting to the bottom I was of this. Uh, like, why the scam did that happen? Because I don't know it what seems, she wanted seems, out of him apart from sex. It seemed somewhat oh, inconsequential. Which is also fine, I guess. It did seem quite inconsequential. But but he discovers <laughs> a little bit later on, in, in so we're still in episode one, and the finale of episode one, it gets much darker. Oh, yeah, very, so he goes quickly. on like a full-on tour where you go a bit outside of Venice. He goes to Torcello with... Uh, with Cosima. So on Cos- a private tour, on a, not business. Uh, and all right, everyone, back up one second. So Murano is glass. Yeah. Burano is lace. Burano is lace. There's the weird one with the, the graves on it. Well, but is Torcello. It's real. It right? is real. Yeah, yeah, it is real. I'm just going to look it up. What you mean? What's it famous for? But I, I don't think it's I famous for the same it's an island. Well, it's famous for duck hunting, as Cosima says. Apparently. They hunt, yeah, they. They used to hunt ducks there and they used to bring the doge five ducks a year or something. It's got some nice architecture on it. It's got the big church, I can't remember what it's called, but which they did go to mm, in, in mm. this episode. I don't think they said what it was called and it's got yeah. a bridge. And it's it, it's it's sort of touristy because it's out of the centre, so it's a separate island yeah. that you can go to. But it is to, it, you can go to it. So off they pop and they're having a lovely wander around. And they amble very, off on their own. They are being, it's all very beautiful, but it's just they're a bit bleak. They're apparently being followed by the... the the two Australians. So they've met these two Australians Jerry in the Keith. tour group. Jerry yeah, J- and Keith. Jerry and Keith. No, um, I can't who do are, it. No, uh, who are... We'll cut that out. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'll keep we'll it. We'll just skim over that. It's fine. Um, Jerry and Keith, who are this... Um, Antipodean Apparently a, a, a gay Antipodean couple um, who are 
again, this is sort of a, a stereotype of Australians because they're quite loud and quite the brash, brash aren't they? Yeah. and taking lots of photos and, and into drinking, it, it, quite into drinking and all of this sort of thing. And um, my he, heroes. he eventually ambles off with Cosima and he says to Cosima, uh, you know, basically, I really like you. And she says, I really like you. And he said, but you're clearly following me. You're blatantly following me because I came back the other night. There you are in a bar that apparently you've never mm. been to before. You met me at the airport, even though I wasn't in a tour group. I thought you were just being nice to me, but clearly you're not. Who are you working for? Yeah. etc. So she admits that actually she is working for somebody. Um, <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Signorina Norman. Yeah. She even says, she's quite... Yeah. yeah, she's she's pretty upfront about it, isn't she? Because I think she likes him. Yeah, and and she gets business out of this woman. She didn't. She hasn't asked why. She's not caught up in it. I don't think she has anything to do with antique. She just says, "Well, um, they asked me to keep an eye on you." Uh, I think she genuinely thinks that he, he they wanted her to look after him actually and give him a sort of show. Oh my good. god, that's, that's I'm what so I innocent. thought. No, that no, is probably it. Isn't that, it? But, but no, but that's what I thought because then she says, well, he, you know, she pays for all these rich tourists to come over, and she said, pay special attention to this one. Mm. So I think perhaps that is why she's being all yeah. nice and nice, except that they clearly do fall in love. And they had a, I have to say, the two actors had a really lovely bond. It was episode. nice. It was really really it? nice until. Yeah. Uh, out of the Campanile, uh, she gets shot. Yeah. And then it all took a very dark turn all of a sudden. It's and that dark, was the end of episode one. It's duh, much, duh, duh. much, much darker in the book. Because in the book, she, she, she cannot, in the book, book, she can't speak. He finds a boat. She coughs, doesn't she? She's yeah, coughing she's a lot coughing in the book and coughing up blood. It's really... and, he, and he puts her in the boat and then he, it's has in the to dark. Get, he has to get in the water and like, push the boat so that they're going through the reeds. We don't need to put this on the podcast. I'm just explaining to Helen how. No, but it's Dark really, really is. graphic in the book. It's really graphic. And and, and she, he can hear shots, so they're still yeah. trying to shoot at him. He's trying to he's hiding he's in the reeds, the but trying to get her to safety Because he doesn't want to put the time. engine on in case people hear him. And then they get it's, to this other island. He's like, oh, thank God. And there's all these stones. And he's trying to, like, carry her up. But his feet are slipping on the stones. No. He, he gets her up. And then there's a wall. He puts her over the wall. And then there are all these big sort of stones. And he's slipping on the stones. He can't work out what's happening and then it turns out they're bloody skulls yes yeah, it's like Island. the darkest it really is really really <laughs> yeah, really that doesn't dark. happen in the in it doesn't the episode. happen in this episode probably they didn't have to and, and actually it's making me think about all these things that i don't understand so actually you made a really good point there like so because in the episode like there's one shot shoots her in the shoulder and then there are no more shots like why does the person not just carry on shooting like they've Okay, yes, they've not hit their intended target, but they've shot her anyway now. They shoot her again, whatever. And if they yeah, they love, need to, they and need they to get shoot Lovejoy, Lovejoy don't excellent. they? So why don't they just carry on shooting? Yeah, because Lovejoy's their target. Yeah. So, so it's a bit implausible that, isn't it? It's much more plausible in the book that, he, mm. that there will be further shots. And I still don't understand. So she explains that she's been asked to kind of look after him and look, watch over him, whatever it is. Again, how did they know that he was going to Venice? In the first place, I mean, they might have guessed that he would go in general, but how did they know that he was going to be on, on that, that flight? On that flight, no, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she, they, maybe she just stood at Marco Polo for yeah. like hours. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just like, waiting for, days, for this man for days, with his like slightly curly dark hair and a leather, leather jacket, jacket. And a scarf. He had a converse. scarf on, and his oh, converse. Oh, he had his owl scarf on. Oh man, oh. he. I, I, I'm really pleased with his outfits. That's weird, isn't it? So then episode episode two kind of just takes off where he... Where they oh, no. Him. Episode two had, at the beginning, the thing that we're all very used to these days. It's quick Previously. Summary. 
previously on Lovejoy. But then they didn't say they, they didn't one they didn't say that. So at one point we were like, if we accidentally put the same DVD on, but we hadn't. Um, and then they just cut in like five of the scenes that we just not the whole scene, but five clips of the scenes we just seen, but not kind of with any narrative sort of structure to them. Now, fine for us. We we're watching it on DVD. We had literally just watched it. If we were watching it for like full on leisure, we might have had a couple of days between episodes or whatever. If you were watching it in 1986, you had to remember yeah, you had a whole all week. that completely complex and nonsensical plot. And it was literally from on once one Sunday, a week ago. Yeah. All the way around to the next Sunday and then be like, oh, well, that's helped me yeah. remember yeah, all. Yeah, it, it might vaguely trigger your memory slightly. Yeah. But we. So I guess we missed a bit, didn't we, actually? Because he sits with Nancy and he has a genuine antique that he's found in Venice, which is um, a sketch from who? The Reliable Venetian Hand. Well, the Reliable oh, Venetian Hand Ricci. is... Ricci. Ricci, that's it. So he has oh, a... Christina Ri Ricci. Yeah, Christina Ricci. <laughs> well-known for her sketches. The well-known yeah, Venetian know. artist of In her spare time. Yeah. The Adams Family. Yeah. But yeah, in like, in years gone by... One of the sequels, the Adams Family artist. Yeah. In years gone by, someone went round and bought up all the little sketches and cartoons and little doodles that the artist did, but then inscribed them really clearly with who the artist was. No, I think it was that. That was it, wasn't it? Who the artist mm. was. And antiques dealers the world over know him, her, potentially, yeah. as the reliable Venetian hand, RVH. Mm. So Lovejoy has found one of these things and he's shown it to Nancy. So he has this in his possession, so it's a bit of collateral for him, really, isn't it? And, so, then, and that's just before he's, Nancy comes out in the negligee and he, yeah. we think, we presume they have a nice time together. We presume there's a nice the time was had by all. In the bedroom with a negligee. And so Eric nice. wasn't hiding in the bushes this time. <laughs> Poor old Eric. Um, but no, episode two, we find out pretty much immediately what happened to Cosima and to everybody's relief, she survived. Um, and we see them in hospital. He's actually very tender. We've discussed how tender the yeah, sort of he, character is. And I he think he probably feels worries. quite guilty as well. Well, I would if I'd got somebody shot. And yeah. it, it keeps happening. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. How many times have people almost died because they've been aiming, you know, they've been mm. in the way when somebody's been trying to kill Lovejoy? Yeah. Do you know what we've missed out? The gentle jazz. The jazz version of the Lovejoy theme tune. There was a lot of jazz in the background. As she was getting shot. Oh, no, it wasn't as she was getting shot. It was as they were wandering around yeah. the island. There's been a, there was a lot of jazz. It was very 80s. Like, you know what it reminded me of? The background music in Bergerac as well. In that era, you had a lot of sort of background jazzed up type. It, it was, actually, it was very Bergerac and it was the same era. Yeah. Bergerac had very, very similar background music. It's one of my favourite things where in a TV show, they used the theme tune of the TV show. Like maybe sometimes they're watching TV and then they play that's pretty much what it was. That just goes yeah. to show that I'm not a musician because I wouldn't have been able to do that, but that was perfect. <laughs> so it was a lot of that. And then the second episode, it, it, it did all sort of speed up a little bit, didn't it? It was quite it perilous from beginning... Too quickly. Too quickly. Yeah. Like <laughs> we already didn't understand what was happening. It was perilous from beginning to end. So he's been working in... Have we covered that? He's been working in this workshop. Right, not yet, though, has, has he? Oh, I can't remember when he even got to... But he gets taken no, there he, in a hood. Because the, the way that he convinces them to let him work in the workshop... Basically, right, so... 
he figures out that like Pinder's not really involved because he gets Lady Jane to go and see Pinder and basically finds out that Pinder, Pinder doesn't genuinely know. genuinely doesn't know that he's that P- Pinder Joyce. 100% thinks that Pinder himself is saving yeah. Venice, yeah. which surely in and with... Pinder's a bit that's just stupid. Pinder is a little bit nuts, isn't he? Yeah. Maybe he's just like is a massive romantic. Is it the aristocratic, and eccentric, and, romantic. And, and, and romantic, like this idea that he can save it, although it's done in a very misguided way. So he doesn't know that Lovejoy's in Venice, so that's kind of, we then come to realise that probably he's not in on the scam. He's in on the, like, stealing of Venice, but not in anything else that might be going on. Um... So, she, and she wires him some money because in the book, after he can't do the travel agent thing anymore, he gets a job like in a in a restaurant for like quick cash. But here, Lady Jane was like, "Yeah, I'll just send you loads of money." And her husband was like, "What are you doing?" He made a lovely comment, didn't he? Alexander <laughs> said it'd be cheaper if we just adopted him and made him do something useful like clean the brassies. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a lovely comment. I do love Alexander. I think Sure. Oh, be better for everyone all round. Safer for Lovejoy. Yeah, it would. Probably <laughs> not safe for Lady Jane. Probably not really safer for Lady Jane. <laughs> so, so yeah. So then, in the meantime, he's also found out from Jane that that Katerina has been in the pub in Suffolk asking after Lovejoy. So then he's like, but hang on. I saw Katerina in the Palazzo. De How can this be? We were shouting, twins, you idiot, twins. <laughs> it's like the oldest trick in the book. Yeah. So, so then, so then <laughs> does this happen in the actual book? I haven't read all the way to the end, so maybe it does. Do you know what? I can't but remember. But I got, I got so confused. I was like, it was, this isn't a plot. It was, was a long time ago that I read it and I can't now remember. Yeah. So, yeah, and then he decides to go to the Palazzo to see Katerina slash, well, whoever it is. And he realised then that it's a twin and it's you'd think Lavinia. Though, you'd think, though, that he would have made plans for this because he ends up doing the inevitable. It all becomes a little bit Shakespearean at this point mm. because he ends up talking to the wrong twin. And you'd think that he would have some way of sussing whether yeah. he was talking to the right twin Although, before completely uh, blowing his cover. Yeah. Admittedly, I once talked to someone's sister for a good half an hour, not even a twin, and she had to kind of stop me and go, you know that I'm not. Oh no, sorry. They just look so identical. I've got face blindness. Give me a break. But this, so maybe this, love Joyce. But he has a mix up at this point. So at this point, he knows he's talking to Lavinia and Tonio, who is we're not really sure who Tony. Even Lovejoy admits he's not sure who Tonio is. If he's a boyfriend, and if he is, whose boyfriend he is? He's definitely a heavy. But he's a, he's a Tonio. Tonio. So he's talking to Lavinia and he's saying, "Oh yeah, actually, I've come here because I just want to check it out a bit." Um, I'm not, do- yeah, I'm not trying to like do one over on you. I just came here to see how things are, and now I've seen how it is. I've decided I want in on your scam. I want to help you out with this forgery, and the way he proves that he's an expert forger is by bringing out his re- his RVH, yeah, hand, and saying, yeah, I did this. Look, this is a forgery. Yeah, she's yeah. like, it's an RVH. He's like, no. I did this forgery. And she's oh, and like, he burns it. Mm. Well, and she she says she basically says, says that there's there's no there's no way this is a fake. But you know what I'm going to do? Set fire to it because I know that you won't be able to stand it if it is real. And so her lighter flicks up. She the burns fire, it. She, she, it burns. He sort of says almost a little prayer, doesn't he? Yeah. He can't it bear it. Real. It, it was real. <laughs> Um, but but, uh, but he doesn't let on and she burns it. Yeah. So to convince them that he is a forger and that he's like 
Can... It's almost like doing something for the greater good, isn't it? Yeah. Sacrificing yeah. for the greater good. So they do, they take him down there, they put a bag over his head and put him on a boat, which is sort of my worst nightmare because I would die. Uh, uh, the, yeah, is it the boat or the bag over the head or the, both? Both. both bits. Neither. Not both being both. able to see where you're no, going actually... while on a boat is just my worst nightmare. I was going to say, neither of those things are great. And then I was like, oh no, I don't mind being on a boat. <laughs> a bag over my head. I may have, oh. I may take issue with, unless it was my idea. Then um, I've written, are we all the way back to Fort Boyard? No. Because like, it was all the boat and the going up and down, I think, that really got to me. So they turn up at this workshop and Lovejoy... Oh, where they're playing, Lady Anne Sally, I looked it up, Eric Clapton. Is it Eric Clapton? Ah, so I feel um, there's an Eric Clapton, like... There was a lot of Eric Clapton. that's run through well, this entire They were playing series. Eric Clapton later on because yeah. they were playing uh, cocaine. No way. Yeah. yeah, they were playing cocaine How later on. How did I miss that entire well, bit? No, because Polly said it at the time as well. Yeah, I was so. concentrating and being no, like, I'm I don't trying know what's to understand happening. the plot. Take around cocaine. That one. Yeah. That I'm not allowed to sing because we haven't got a Yeah, yeah we well, didn't sing. Know, you can probably sing that. We didn't sing anything. We've never sung anything in our lives. Cocaine. <laughs> sing one word of it. It's there fine. you go. Um, we just sang cocaine with a sort of slight. Oh, and also. Yep. It's only because I've written. That bit, and then I've written, why are they laughing at Eric wanting petrol money? That really upset me. No. Like when they're on, he's on the phone to Lady Jane, and she's like, "Oh, by the way, Eric wants some petrol money," and they both burst out laughing. Aww. I'm like, Eric hasn't got a bloody job. Poor old Eric. And he's going up and down the countryside he's trying been... to figure things out for you. Give him some petrol money. What's wrong with you? But she'll wire Lovejoy, cash to stay in Venice. Yeah. It's Poor Eric. So, me? so then things things really move quite quickly. So Love, Lovejoy sort of he befriends he, he befriends the lovely Fulton Mackay, doesn't he? Or Lucky as he calls him, Luciano, and he says, so, "Your yeah. name's not yeah. Luciano. Yeah. You've got a Scottish accent." <laughs> and he's dickhead. His name's Lewis, <laughs> which he tells Lovejoy. But I was like, "No, I'm not going to call you Lewis. Your real name. I'm not going to call you Luciano. Your name in Italy. I'm, I'm going to call, call you Lucky." lucky. Well, we're, oh, okay. Because so I lucky. haven't really in the book. I've li- I've just got to the bit where he's getting settled into the workshop so Luciano is there how much do I ruin the end of the book for you then well I'm not sure because in, so, my, in my head Luciano well not in my head in me reading the book now Luciano is Italian but am I going to find out in five pages in, he's not in Luciano in the TV programs this is what we're discussing in, Luci- in Luciano he finds an ally and he basically says Luciano and again it's that Lovejoy thing a lovejoy obsession with things sort of being pure and being done properly there's a lovely quote which is a great fake must be better than the original mm. and i think that's a lovely quote because it draws together beautifully all of those other episodes we've discussed about fakes like an honorable faking as an art is fine faking for profit is not fine yeah and he basically gets lucky on sunny i feel like he's testing lucky because he says to him look you know you're an expert you're like me and you you feel it you're like me who are all these people who and, are just... Oh, yeah, and they're not very good at it. They're not very and... good at it, and it's just a job. These people are just doing it. This is just... Mm. But it doesn't matter mm. that they're not very good at it. Like we, re- we find out the reason that they've got all these forgers that are not particularly good at forging is because they're not using the forgeries actually for to the purpose, the purpose for which yeah, to, replace to replace the, the real ones. And which, which Pinder intended. Yeah. yeah, they're just using these forgers to make forgeries to sell. And again, I think that's where Lovejoy puts his foot down. You've had this in other episodes where he's like, do you know what? Too far. 
Too yeah. much. That's too much cheating. You, you know, do a bit of cheating. Forgery, no, but forgery as art is an art in and of itself. I think well, that's the argument that he sort of made yeah. all the way through. And I still don't quite is... get that because then what is the point of a forgery though? Because there's still at some level you've produced it to trick trick someone. Otherwise, why make? But someone... this is sort of being done more cynically, and it's being done purely for profit and not for the value of of the art, not not for the mm. intrinsic value of the art, but purely for the economic value. It's very eighties. And actually, there's a lovely co- little commentary on the eighties where Lucky says to him, he says, "Look, don't you want to come back to England?" And Lucky said, uh, or to, to Scotland, <laughs> or, or to Britain. He said, "Do you want yeah, to come back yeah. to Britain?" And he says, "And uh, with Thatcher. Thatcher, I don't want to come back to Britain with Thatcher. There's unemployment. Oh There's Thatcher. Strikes. Right. Strikes. I literally Why would I want to do that? couldn't understand a word this man was saying. Bearing in mind my heritage is supposed to be Scottish. Bearing in mind some people oh. were doing like cod Italian accents. Oh, no, I was really he struggling. He goes, There's this beautiful <laughs> little anti-Thatcher tirade. Very, very short little mm. anti-Thatcher tirade. Ooh, they got he that said, in. No, Do you think they got that they in? They got like, that under in the, the very last episode. Under maybe the under the radar. Because it was and, so shocked. And, I missed yeah, it. And he, and he basically says, said Thatcher, unemployment, strikes. That's why I don't want to come back. Exactly. Wow. Um, but but then Lovejoy sort of has obviously persuaded him to try and bring them down. Mm. Lovejoy has a plan to bring them down, um, and it fails miserably because he thinks, <laughs> well, okay, me and Katerina, uh, Katerina would never want this. Katerina is on yeah, the side, which he's, he's sort of, of misjudged. He's such a romantic. That's why he's, he's like, Look really at this beautiful. This woman. is his. But, there's but, no but, way someone who's this beautiful can make this much of but a. But Katerina was never nice to him, and they didn't exactly have a good. Katerina relationship. was horrid. She was the most threatening of the lot, she and I don't understand. Yeah. So he ends up, he sends her a bunch of flowers and then uh, turns up, I think the idea is that she's then invited him mm. to, and he says, well, the only way I could get in touch with you was by sending you some flowers at the, um, uh, what's it called? Palazzo, Palazzo Malcontento. Palazzo Malcontento. <laughs> and he turns up. <laughs> Can uh, I even actually speak Italian? Can you? Poco. Uh, uh, poco. Uh, yeah, a reasonable amount. 50%. Oh. I know the word prenostazioni, which is a beautiful word and it just means booking. Say again. Pranostazioni. Wow, I'm never going to remember that. Like reservation. I've got a reservation. Anyway, so. <laughs> I can probably say arrabbiata. Arrabbiata. That's the end of it. Scusi, ho spogliato numero. The other thing I like in Italian, I love it. Italian, everything sounds nice in Italian. The one phrase I know is Dovi i serviti per favore. Oh, I'm doing French. <laughs> means, means where are the bogs? Where are the bogs? Do it again. Dovi i servizi per favore. No, I can't say that. You can't. Where's the bog? Anyway, so he basically completely, oh, you know, I know all this. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what I found. Guess what I found. And then it, this is yeah, where Yeah, your goes, sister's nicking all the stuff and selling it in Tuscany. Yeah, At which point in like, Shakespearean yeah. style, Lavinia goes, yeah, I am, dickhead. She's my sister. <laughs> because it, it's, and he's talking to the wrong sister. Yeah. Which he, was somewhat predictable. Mm. We never, because we know that, because basically he finds out that Katarina's gone to Venice because... Eric's gone to Heathrow to follow yes. her. Seen her well get done, on the Alitalia flight. So he thinks it's Katerina. And actually, we never see Katerina in Venice. Like, we just know mm. that she's gone there. No, well, we can't see her in Venice because it's the 
We there's also, only one actor. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we never see them together. Mm. I wonder why that is, because there's only one Gwen Humble, everybody. But she's doing really good different accents, so she I'm is. proud of her. And she's married to Ian McShane, and she's lovely. And she's got a really nice figure. We commented that we, we really did, like the we? fact that she's just a proper woman with a, a normal, a yet very yeah. beautiful, I think that's Marilyn that's, Monroe-esque figure. That's actually. something that's come out of this, this entire series, I think. The other thing that I noticed was... Um, at the very beginning, Lavinia or the other one? What are they called? Katerina and, and Lavinia. So at the beginning, when he goes to see Pinder and Katerina's there, she's wearing a sort of twin set. Like it's a grey, I would assume it's Batwing actually. It's really nice, but it's got like a, a grey top over the top, long pearls, tailored trousers. And then later on, Lady Jane is wearing tailored trousers, quite a large jumper. That's what women now who are in their kind of 60s and 70s wear. Yeah, and true. it suddenly hit me... Because when you were in your 30s and 40s, that's what you wore in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what the hell are we going to be wearing when we're in our 60s and 70s? Global hypercolour t-shirts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so we're, we're almost at the end, having had this bizarre little romp through I've got two more pages of notes. Oh, go on. Oh. I'm just oh, saying. So I was going to say, Polly, we're definitely not at the end, are we? <laughs> oh, we're, we're fairly close. He's got to figure out what that noise is. So, yeah, so basically, so in the meantime, so he talks to Lavinia about his... Uh, like he's figured out what's going on, what talks to what he believes is Katarina. Turns out to be Lavinia. So she sets the heavies on him, Tonio and some other guy. They're about to attack him, so he jumps out of the window of the palazzo with glass in hand. With a glass, then in swims hand. across the canal and gets out with, with the, the glass. glass. Amazing, My hero. amazing. And that moment, I fell in love with. That's him that's the moment that I feel is a lovely callback to uh, 1969. Mm. And then and then I think that's when he realizes, right, we'll sort it. I'm just gonna get them yeah and he in the meantime because while he's been working in the forger's workshop he's figured out where it is because though they get hooded and blindfolded he can hear the steamers going overhead so he has listened to their toing and throwing and compared it to the timetable of the steamers <laughs> and has worked he's out like that. where the divvied where the island is um so he says to lucky like come on we like i know how to get them it is, that yeah. hoist he lets them Basically, lucky he's let him put up a hoist. Sort of a bit Sherlock Holmes, isn't mm. it? So he's like put it all together. Yeah, he's like that hoist you let me put up. That's basically a plug hole. I can pull that plug and let water in, and we'll just flood it. We'll take stuff that we want, and we'll just screw them over. Which is an amazing because, plan. So they go, yeah. So they go to the island um, to do exactly that. So they kind of gather up a few things that they want. A couple of paintings in particular that they want to take with them. That I presume are real ones that are being copied, and they tie a chain to this. Plug Hoist hole thing, thing. though, yeah. Uh, Lucky goes outside to kind of check what's going on. And then while they're doing all this, oh, another boat arrives at the island. <gasps> and who is on it? But, well, actually, do we know which... I haven't got a bloody clue, guys. Well, Tonio's on it, isn't Tonio, he? and then one of the sisters, I think it's because Lavinia. I thought it was Catherine. Oh, well, there you go. Hang on, wait. Oh, no, no, because she definitely was in England. Sorry, I was going to say, hang on, was it all a trick and it just was one Oh, no, it is Katerina. No, it's Katerina. Right. Yeah. It is Katerina. You're right, it is Katerina. And so they basically have so, a standoff. Yeah, Tonio and, Tony and Katerina turn up on the boat. Yeah, and then Lucky comes down the stairs and is basically like, Right, drop your weapon. And he does! And, he, and he's basically, he just goes, He's oh, holding like a random bit of metal, and Tonio's like, It's like a wrench, isn't it? You're like one of those wrenches that looks a bit like a gun. Well, poor old Katerina. There's a xenophobic bit of me now that might be tying in with Lady what, the, Jane the, later the, on that goes, Well, he's Italian, isn't he? I like. I was about. I was about to say. There's the sort of cliche of the American. Doesn't the American basically go? That's not a gun. Yeah, and the she, American. Uh, yeah, basically, she goes. He 
so Tony drops his gun because he's a cowardly Italian and the American goes sorry Italian this was the age of a low low and Captain Bertarelli yeah. and the American goes that's not a gun and immediately like leaps for the gun so I mean but she doesn't shoot anybody because somehow is this when Lovejoy manages to hit well, Tony again, in the Bollocks? It is. Oh, yeah, yeah they have is. a really unconvincing fight. Because well, it wouldn't be once again, once again, Ian Lafayette's got to the end of an episode going, shit, we haven't had a fight yet, and we have had that bet that we talked about that every episode is going to be a slightly unconvincing fight. So it, it happens quickly here. And um, But again, this is where, I don't, do I ruin the book for M? The book gets so dark here. <gasps> I, I'm Close quite near the end as well. I've probably, I've probably only got like 70 pages to go, I would say. Well, all I'll say is in the in the episode, aren't they? Is Luciana gonna die? In the episode, in the in the episode, Lucky is very worried uh, for a moment and says to Lovejoy, "You let them out, though, didn't you? Let them out because Lovejoy's gonna flood the place." Well, that that kind of happens in the episode, doesn't it? Because I just assumed he was gonna drown them, and I was like, "Finally, the episode's going as dark as I've ever seen." You couldn't have Lovejoy get that dark, and he looks really Lucky looks really worried because Lovejoy says, "You know, they killed." My friends. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've killed they one of my friends. Person. They've killed one of my friends. They've tried to kill another one of my friends. They almost killed me. Mm. Yeah, soddy. I didn't let them out. And he looks terribly worried. And then Lovejoy goes, no, of course I did. Of course I did. Yeah. In the, in the, in in the, the book, book, I'm going to assume. In the books, not so much. Not, not, um, not so much. And the book has a, a, a the ending then of the book, which I will leave because Em hasn't read it, and the film are actually very different. Ooh, uh, so okay. in the, or slightly different. So in the book, he gets back... And uh, there are his two Aussie... Fr- Sorry, in the film he gets back and there are his two Aussie friends. Yeah. He's made the fabulously homophobic comment or sort of anti-Australian homophobic all-in-one earlier on. <laughs> he's basically said there's no such thing as an Australian gay person. Yeah, yeah. there's no such thing as Australian homosexuals. That's it. There's no such thing as Australian homosexuals. But, but also they both look at him like, well... Yeah, and also you've just crawled out of the canal stopping wet, so you're going to have to put on our clothes. Goodbye. Um, so that was it. And then there's some fabulously euphemistic comments about, oh, you know, can I borrow some clothes? Oh, are you sure you want to come trust up to us? our room? Do, 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 do you trust us? Because you've just been really freaking horrible about um, us. It was also slightly And he's like, yeah, you know what, yeah. But it turns out these lads are actually from the, fl- the fraud squad. I hope they are also having a beautiful relationship. There's a nice... There's a lovely little cliffhanger. There's a lovely cliffhanger and I thought they were going to leave it where it was and then they go back there was a very nice cliffhanger because then they go we go back to Suffolk mm. and there's everybody in the pub without Lovejoy yeah talking, even Gimbert even Gimbert talking about what's happened and it feels very sort of it, pregnant with like something's going to happen because Lovejoy has gets arrested I think oh sorry we should have said that I yeah. said they were from the fraud well the art yeah, squad weren't they but, but they, they arrest him and they're in like a vaporetto with a blue light on which really abused me they do have they do have vaporettos with blue light because they don't have cars. <laughs> That's so cute. They do genuinely. They have little police vaporettos. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Anyway, so uh, they. Um, so they're in the pub. <laughs> they're in the pub. They're in. They're in the pub, and they've. And Lovejoy has been. Lovejoy has been arrested by the art squad. And we think, oh my goodness, that's it. He's finally because when they arrest him, they say, oh, you know, you're going to spend <laughs> some time in an Italian jail. You said art squad, but I think you meant fraud squad. No, it's the, the, the art squad. Is it art squad? In they the... said we're art squad. art squad. They did not say we're the art squad, did they? Yes. Yeah. The art squad. That sounds like a a, a hippie collective. <laughs> yo, art squad. I don't know why hippies say yo. Anyway, carry on. Say you. He was 
He was arrested. Yeah. There was a blue light. Yeah, yeah, he was arrested. I assumed that's why there was a five-year hiatus, because he had to be in prison. Not Ian McShane, though. They didn't arrest Ian McShane. <laughs> Imagine. For no. Forging, forging art. Love to hate the character. But yeah, like you said, they were in the pub, and they're all talking about what's happened, and he's not there. But then he arrives. With the round of drinks. With the champagne. Yeah, with champagne. champagne. Which Lady Jane has bought, because he gives Lady Jane the change. Yeah. She's like, oh, here's your yeah. change. Oh, and Gimbert is and then she says, delighted. And then she says, oh, yeah, you could have put a stamp on the postcard you sent us. Yeah. <gasps> That's hilarious. That was so funny. Gimbert winks at him at one point, but I didn't write down why, which is annoying. But there's quite a good bit where he talks about stealing there's a boat. There's a beautiful callback. Gimbert's like, back. well, you've got... You know, there's a beautiful no. He says there's a beautiful callback to episode one, and that's almost how it, it ends. And I feel mm, like it's gone so beautifully really full circle. Particularly as episode one was based on the, the one of the books, and this is based mm. on one of the books. It's really and satisfying. He Gimbert says we well, should have spent many, you know lots of time in an Italian prison. He said, well, they didn't have anything on me except for stealing a boat, and I've done that before and I've got away <laughs> with it. And it was yeah. so sweet and so funny. It was a beautiful ending to a beautiful series, which then unknowingly led to a five-year hiatus, but it was a lovely note to end on, wasn't it? So, yeah, so Love, Joe Raymond, why was there a five-year hiatus? Yeah. Um, just because everybody was doing other things, I think, and they intended to pick it up, and, and they did eventually pick it up again. Mm. But it, and what we do find out is that he was arrested, but then they take him to Tuscany because this is because this is the bit I really didn't get about. Well, what, hang on, I don't even remember about this. what the scam. And this actually, happens in the books about what yep. the scam actually was. So it's basically something like the two sisters, the twins, between them were scamming. They were both scamming each other or separately or something. So one lot was selling the real things that were being sold from Venice, and then the other one was selling the fakes and taking them to Tuscany. But not all of them ended up in Tuscany. Some were siphoned off. It was all very complicated. Anyway, so yeah, so Lovejoy was taken to Tuscany to sort through what was there. So they had taken the stuff to Tuscany, and he mm. was sent to sort of, sort of oh, what was real and yeah. what was fake. And that is in the book as well. And it was nice. I was pleased at how much this stuck to the book because mm. that that is in the book. To to an ex- well, no, it is in the book actually, where they say you know you're going to help us out now for a bit. Mm. You're going to help us out. So that's and then and then there's two lovely things that happen after that. So one is that we have a little bit more of the uh, will they won't they Lovejoy Lady Jane. Oh yeah! Oh my God! Wow, she's she's not even subtle. Rude about Italian women. She is. That's true. Well, much earlier. Jealous. Jealous Jealous of Italian women. Well, hang on. I wrote this down because I thought it was so hilarious. She says. Oh, Italian it? women get fatter as they get older. No, she it, says it, Italian, they, they tend to be chubby in middle age, which oh, is, it. makes me delighted because it turns out I am Italian now. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> we're, just, we're really Italian, we're happy with we've that. We've got some Italian blood in us. <laughs> yeah, thanks for DNA test. Um, but yeah, so like she says, that, so they had this like moment, don't they, Lady Jane Lovejoy, and she's saying, oh, I missed you more than I'm prepared to say. Oh, yeah, she did. And then, say and that. then he was like, oh, well, I missed you as well. And she's like, oh, well, how could well, you, miss you, me? you? You were you quite busy. When you were with all those Italian women and she names they them they weren't also. even Italian Nancy. women one was American yeah. oh no Cosima was maybe, maybe she said yeah. women in Italy yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nancy Cosima Lavinia Caterina oh you know how many of them did you sleep with and he's like oh I didn't sleep with any of them no he says something he, he must says like I categorically didn't and the way he said categorically made me go maybe what are you like saying that? maybe he says something like I didn't sleep with all of them I don't know. He, oh, I think he did say he must that. Say, he says something that basically, on first glance, seems like he didn't sleep with them. I can't remember what he said, because I thought he'd said, I didn't sleep with them. But Maybe. It's something that basically makes it sound like he didn't sleep with any of them, but 
but then when Lady Jane has a chance to reflect on it, she comes, so she comes barreling in, going, "Which one was it? Which one did you sleep with? Yeah. Which well, why does she care? Which we presume was Nancy. She's married. She's, she's married. She's married. She obviously knows that there's a difference between having sex and being in love with someone, and she's is just jealous. Yeah, but that's I mean, sweet. But don't tell him you're jealous. And that's then, but, crazy. Look, Love Jolly is inside, and then in his cottage, who should be there but Lucky? Oh, yes, oh, Lucky has come back. back! Lucky's come back. And Lucky back. has got, somehow miraculously, one of the paintings that they managed to get from the forging room and gives it to Lovejoy. So Lovejoy thank you. Lovejoy sort of rescued him. It's really lovely. But it was the one time that we were saying all the way through, oh, but Lovejoy will have nicked something for himself because he always does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were laughing about it. Like, has he put Venice in his pocket? And he actually (laughs) hadn't. And for the first time, in a way, he had done something, I felt, purely for the art and the the integrity. He Mm. did it for integrity. And um, he finally, in a way, it's almost a moral tale. You feel like the, f- the first time he's done something for somebody else, he gets actually a really big reward. Yeah. Because somebody says to him, do you know what? Thank you very much. And yeah. this is yours now. It was really lovely. It, it was, was really nice. Left you with a little warm glow uh, in your heart. And that's sustain us through our short hiatus. Exactly. So what did we learn from, I was going to say from this episode, but what have we learned from the, the series? The series. That you wow. get reward, rewarded for altruism. I think you might be right. Yeah. We're at the end of series one. I think that I've learned that you shouldn't be openly jealous <laughs> if you like also, someone because it makes you like a twins. Be careful with twins. Yeah. Always make sure you know which twin you're speaking to. Yeah, it could all go horribly wrong. Mm. Don't go to Venice on a bloody whim, you might get shot at. Yeah, this is this is all of this is true. Um, I also I think, yeah, the, I mean one of the big things has been about this whole thing around forging, which we've yeah. talked about quite a bit already. It's been tied together beautifully. This whole series, I really, really want to know, and I know that a couple of the writers are, are following us on Twitter, and I really want to know if they did get together. Because mm. I know Ian Lafrenet uh, adapted it and I think sort of had a role throughout the entire series, but it's joined together beautifully but, for episodes in a in a first series. Uh, with a, a first series, yeah. a new series, um, it is written by different done. writers. It was really there, beautiful. There'll be done. someone, I don't know what you call it, I mean, it's called showrunner now in like America, yeah. but there's always like a person who's like, you know, like the in charge of the series. But it's surprising. Like it's an edit, an it still surprises yeah, like, me that it joined together so, so well. So there'll be someone. So a bit like, like when you listen to these. Yeah, just like <laughs> when you listen to these. These are beautiful. Seamless, I tell you. Seamless. seamless. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Are we going to do marks out of ten yeah. for the double episode? Do you know what I'm? I, oh, it's hard. I was, it was in two it. episodes, but they were just. I, it I, was the same story. They could have had a lot more humour. I didn't laugh as much in this as in some of the others, and in the book I did, which is bizarre. Cause it's the, the book has, way around. I have really enjoyed the usual. book. Unusual. I'd probably give it like a six, six and a half, maybe a seven. Oh, it's got Venice in it. It's got Hayden Gwynn in it. It's got Venice in. Maybe I'll give, I'll give it it's a seven. It's got diversity. I'll it's give got it, lots of different I'll give parents. it a seven. I was so confused. Yeah, it could have been funnier and it could have been less confusing. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Helen? Because Campanile. <laughs> Reminded you of Birmingham. Reminded me of Birmingham. Because canals. I would, I would also give it seven. Because, yeah, I... I could see it had. I like the sort of epic quality. I like the fact they were in Venice. Venice is beautiful. Yeah. I like the little interesting things about the history. 
but I, I was so confused. I mean, Venice is also sort of the epitome of art, isn't it? I guess of all the places mm. where, for a season finale, for yeah. a first series of something like this, Venice is the place to go. Yeah, I mean, it, it has brilliant. to be, or oh, somewhere in Italy, basically. Exactly, no, it was, it yeah. was it, yeah, that was nice. And in terms of an antique of the week, I mean, we didn't really... Can we not just have Venice? I was about to say, can we have the whole of Venice? I'll just go with Venice. Can have the whole of Venice. Venice. He was trying to recreate all of Venice. Just to be different, mm. uh, I'm going to have the little RVH sketch thing. What oh, got burned. the reliable Venetian hand. Because I just like the idea of the reliable Venetian hand. Oh. And I think it sounds a bit funny. It makes me snigger. <laughs> and it's real, right? It's okay. a real thing. I, I'm guessing yeah, it's I a real so. thing. I will Google but I'm, it. But I'm still going to have all of Venice. I'm going to have... Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. M will always Birmingham. have Birmingham. M will all will always have Birmingham. Don't We've got some shout-outs to do, haven't we, before our hiatus? Uh, yes. One very important shout-out. This is a massive shout-out. To Spacca Napoli. Grazie mille, Spacca Napoli. Grazie mille. Uh, Scappa Napoli is the pizza place in uh, Collendale where we've been getting our pizzas uh, for the last. Really bloody they're absolutely pizzas. amazing pizzas that we have been getting during the last few. Uh, I also often yeah. have a, a cheeky wine before we and, get and the pizza. a cheeky glass of wine as well. So, and they're really lovely staff. They are excellent. Yeah, so thank and, you very much. And very delicious pizzas. Yep. Who else we shouting at? I think that was it actually. Just, wasn't it? just Kim. And, okay. and Kim, I can... we, shout, we shouted her out earlier, so maybe I can cut it in. And Frank for opening the bottle of wine in episode four. And giving me jokes that I then steal and don't credit Frank with. What was the joke this week? I can't remember. I did at least three that I was like, pretty sure Frank said that. Oh, uh, tiny writing on the postcards. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, so we're going to take a hiatus now for a month while we go and recover and sort of reconvene. Well, we've got to do a little bit of a Lovejoy tour around London. We've got to we'll film to- that for you guys who are joining us on Patreon. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And we will be back very, very soon. But in the meantime, we will be very, very active on the at a Lovejoy A pod Twitter feed and Instagram. So do follow us there and do join us on Patreon. We will put the details on our website and do listen to all of our back catalogue. All of the episodes are on the website and catch up with us and we will see you soon Bye-bye. I can't believe we've got to the end of series one series one cheers Yay, everybody cheers. bye 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 love you bye arrivederci ciao arrivederci is it arrivederci yeah <clears throat> I uh, have been to Venice <laughs> <laughs> Campanile.